And now, coming to you from the shadow of America's mountain, Rocky Mountain Revival Radio presents Waymaker Ministries. Welcome to Waymaker Ministries. I'm your host, Ethan. With me today is my always amazing co-host, Lily Phillips. Lily, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. All right, before we get into today's show, I just want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Check out the show's website, windmaker.rmrr.live, for all the latest information and updates about the show. There's a contact us form to submit feedback, comments, suggestions, or to be a guest, or to recommend a guest on the show. If you need prayer, there are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer. The first way is the is the prayer request form on the website. We would love to stand in prayer for you and with you. you the second way is you can write us at prayer at waymaker.rmrr.live. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. We can, you can, wow. We can also be found on all your favorite podcast sites. You can also find a listing of those on the Waymaker website under the show archive link follow us on facebook for additional content and information if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us there there are two links to do so on the website the show description below and for those watching on your screen all right we have another amazing show for you today and today's episode title is part two of the Spiritual Gifts series. And today's title is Discernment and Interpretation. And Lily is doing what she always does. And she is coming from us from the space station. Um, so, yeah. I've been having a lot of trouble with my phone today on this Zoom recording. And it keeps on flipping me around, flipping my screen. It's just... Yeah, I feel like I'm on a spin cycle, but yeah. Yeah, so if you're on, if you're not on the, if you're doing, if you're on the podcast, you just missed the most funniest thing ever. Um, if you like the show, if you like today's show, we encourage you to share it with your friends, family, coworkers, etc. Because sharing is caring. Before we jump into today's topic, we have commercials. We do. Yes, we do. Have we always done that? Yes. Oh, okay. Right. So, Ethan, what are these commercials? Oh, well, thank you for asking, co-host Lily. Our first You're commercial... co-host, Ethan. Our... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> RMRR and Waymaker Ministries is now partnering with ByteTag. ByteTag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. It allows you to create a personal profile for your pet, for you and your pet, and there will be photos on the screen. The tag has GPS tracking activated by person by the person who finds your pet slash scans the QR code that's on the tag. There's no monthly or annual service or subscription fees, and Byte Tag puts your privacy first. Bite tag is truly the last pet tag you will ever need. As an additional bonus, when you use discount code RMRR15, you get a 15% discount off the purchase price. Lily, would you like to do the next, ne wow, next commercial? 
Yes, I would. And the next commercial is Redemption Squad Ministries. And by the way, we're not going out this weekend, but we are going out the 24th and 25th. So on the 24th, we will meet at Radiant Church um, Central Campus, which is right off of Maisley Road in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And, you know, if you have a car or maybe a jet, just want to join us, fly in. Do it. It's so worth it. We're going to be packing up boxes full of hygiene products and food and water and whatever these people may need and going door to door on Saturday, doing the boxing on Friday. So Friday evening and Saturday morning. And, you know, just come out and join us because you may not be called to operate in the office of evangelism, but we are all called to, called to share the good news. And that is something I am very confident of. And maybe you've never been and want to go out your first time, or maybe you just moved to this area and you need a new cool group to join. We're here for you nonetheless. So come on out, say hi to us, and minister for the Lord with us. Yeah. And so our next commercial, uh, thank you, co-host Lily, for bringing that amazing commercial. Valentine comfort shoes. Are you looking for a new pair of shoes? Do yeah, you... I really am. I'm just wearing my socks yeah. right now. Yeah. Are you having like are you having pain or a back pain or leg pain oh. or you just need new shoes? Valentine comfort shoes are the pair of shoes for you. Valentine Comfort Shoes is a veteran-owned business by Radiant Church's own Sean and Amy Blake. They are amazing people, and you can go in for shoes, or even if you don't need shoes and you just want some prayer, you can stop by, and they would love to partner with you in prayer. So if you're in the area, go stop by. Holy Rebel Book. Holy Rebel Book. It is the book for you. If you're looking for uh, uh Pretty much what the title is. If you're looking for a holy rebel book, this is the book for you. It's by it's written by our own by Radiant Church's own lead pastors, Pastor Todd and Kelly Hudnell. They have been writing this book for a while, and they they've published it. And if you want a signed copy, or if you just want to listen to it, and you don't want a paper back or you just don't want to come on paperbacks are cool because you just you just don't like to read um if you don't like to read um there there'll be some links to like audible and the stuff where you can find all their things um so yeah and as our final commercial are you looking for a custom guitar are you guys looking for Are you guys looking for a handcrafted guitar? Well, Wyoming Custom Guitars is a good place to go. Custom handcrafted, wow, guitars built in Green River, Wyoming. Bill Palmer has been writing music, singing music, and playing guitars since 1979. He's that old. Links will be down below, or they will be on the screen if you're watching the video. And if you want to watch, if you want to go there, 
uh, wyomingcustomguitars.com to go look at some of the stuff. Or if you just want to listen to some of the music that my grandpa has been producing, you can go to twoguyswithguitars.com. And that is T-W-O dot, well, not dot, T-W-O guyswithguitars.com. If you go, if you do it any other way, if you do the number or any other way, you're going to someone else's place. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's it. So let's get into today's show. We have another amazing show for you guys today. Of course, um, and and and, it, and it's about this. It's about discernment and interpretation. So I have the. Uh, what's it called the definitions that's what that's the word um so the gift of discernment someone with this gift is able to distinguish discern judge or evaluate a person's statement situation or environment Someone with this gift can clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God, Satan, the world, and the flesh in a given situation. The church needs those with this gift to warn believers in times of danger or keep them from being led astray by false teaching. And the gift of interpretation. The spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues is found alongside the gift of speaking in. The sp- this spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to understand the and explain the messages uttered in an un- unknown language. God reveals the meaning of the of the words or message being spoken and then allows the interpreter to c- to communicate its meaning to those who need to hear it. When this happens in the church, two things happen. The church is edified and God is glorified. And those are our definitions. And I think co-host Lily has some scripture for us today. So why don't you hit us with that? Yeah, well, today when I was preparing for the show, um, I was thinking, what really distinguishes discernment and interpretation? You know me, when I have a question about scripture, I go back to the original language to see, you know, is there like a similar root word? What is the distinguishment and historical context and usage of this world? How did the early church use this word? How did the Israelites in the Old Testament believe this this word was meant to be? So I found this word, and it's in Ephesians 5.10, to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And that's one thing you use for the gift of discernment, is in order to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And I looked up what this word meant and what it is even. It goes back to the Greek language, is dokimezontis. And that means to test, approve, recognized as genuine after interpretation, and to deem worthy. And um, the Hebrew word is lahabin. And I'm definitely butchering the pronunciation of this. And it just means like what Ethan said, to separate mentally. And a really good example of that is found in 1 Kings chapter 3. I know many people say that Solomon asked for wisdom. That's actually not true. He asked the Lord for discernment to um, interpret good and evil. 
and separate those from each other. So I read this whole passage. It's in 1 Kings 3. And of course, I'll read that for you guys. Just join me here. I'm going to start in verse 3 and read till verse 14. Now I have some thoughts on this scripture. It says, Now Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father, David. Now, keep in mind, Solomon probably became a king at about 12. And it's not like his father was a bad king. It's not like, well, the standard's really low. If I do anything well, then, you know, it's better than what my father did. King David left such a legacy. He was a man after God's own heart. And then his 12-year-old son, one of the youngest of David's kids, perhaps the youngest, the youngest that's really known in scripture. You can get all that genealogy um, midway through Second Samuel, I believe, is where it shows like genealogies of David. But Solomon's one of the youngest of his sons, but he's the one who inherits the entire kingdom. And he's just 12, and he's ruling over his brothers. And he's ruling over Israel, whom his father served for decades, all his life, so well, so mercifully, mercifully, just how God showed him to. So just imagine you're a little 12-year-old kid. I can imagine sixth grade Lily. And like, I didn't even know how to tie my shoes at 12 years old. I was really late to learning that. Learning how to lead a stunningly powerful godly kingdom that's something else yeah so i'm gonna keep on reading now that you guys know that for sure now solomon loved the lord walking in the statutes of his father david except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places the king went to gibeon to sacrifice there for that was the great high place solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar and gibeon the lord appeared to solomon in a dream at night so often you hear the word interpretation used in the context of dreams, because dreams, of course, are metaphors and parables and visuals that don't have a direct word. Like, you need to do this and go there. It just shows you something. And then the interpretation needs to unveil what that actually is. So the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, ask what you wish me to give you. So like I said before, discernment is what you do and how you communicate after determining an interpretation. After determining an interpretation, because an interpretation is something that shows like the meaning of something. But it's what you do with that information that shows where discernment really lies. Here, King Solomon must have interpreted that the Lord came to him no evil lying or alluring force came to him it was truly god and instead it wasn't any demon coming to take from him it was the lord coming to give to him desiring to add gifts to him solomon used discernment in response because he separated all that he could have asked for and all that he could have desired for from what he truly wanted he discerned that he wanted discernment, which is kind of interesting because why would someone who's already practicing discernment ask for discernment? But it is a fool who is without virtue and absent from these things, who doesn't seek after knowledge 
is the wise who seek wisdom. It is the discerning who seek discernment. Perhaps they are not known for this. But if you have that desire for the gift, you already exhibit some of the gift in your heart. Because someone who does not have love in their heart would not desire to love one another. And um, so I'll go on, on reading. Then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness. It wasn't just wealth and strength and power and prosperity that King David was known for. It was virtue. Virtue that may take time, years, decades of being mentored and poured into and following the Lord to obtain. And I can imagine Solomon is just looking at this kingdom and how his father left it and thinking to himself, I don't want to mess this up. So he goes on to say, As King David walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward you, you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, yet I am a little child. You see, when someone comes before the Lord to ask him for something, there's always a meekness. They, they see themselves rather clearly, and they have some sense of introspection about them. They know their place, but more importantly, they know God's place, and they know that God is greater than them and higher than them. And you can't go to God and ask him to give you something if you think you have it all. So you have to be meek when you go to God and ask him for something. Or when God comes to you and asks you what you want, even then you must be meek. But anyways, I'll go on reading. He says, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart. The word understanding means to listen to, to attend with intelligence. That's what that word means. You know, we have kind of a gray perspective on what understanding means. Maybe it's just compassion or sympathy, but it's really to attend and listen to with intelligence using the knowledge in your mind, that God-given knowledge. So he asked for an understanding heart to judge the people of the Lord and to discern between good and evil. To discern between good and evil. Remember that Hebrew word here for discern means something a little bit different than the Greek word used in Ephesians 5.10. It means to separate mentally. To discern good and evil is to separate them mentally in your own mind. Just imagine like this border running down your mind. Here's all the old things. It's going out. Here's all the wicked things. It's going out from you. But here is where you set your mind. You set your mind on the good things and it's separate from the evil. It's not this convoluted mess. It's not this gray area. It is good things. And you must discern between them. And take captive of every thought, like Philippians says. And when these options come to you, perhaps on the surface, superficially, they don't necessarily look good or evil. Maybe they just look like options. And maybe it doesn't look like they could determine salvation, heaven on earth. Yeah. 
it doesn't look like they could determine where your faith goes or where you go. Yeah. But with discernment, you look deep down through the bone and the marrow and every cell of blood to the soul, to the soul of what that option is, to the soul of what that thought is and where it actually came from. Where was it sent? Was it sent from hell or was it sent from heaven? Because there's no such thing as just a worldly thought. Is either heaven or hell on this land? And we are in an in-between. So to discern is to separate the in-between, good and evil. It's just separation. That's what it is. So Solomon could have asked for anything. But he knew that without discernment, he would not be able to obtain and certainly not keep any good thing added on to him. I've been asked before, would you rather be a fool that had riches and billions of dollars? Or would you be a wise person who was homeless? And I'm like, well, if a wise person is homeless, then I'm sure that they would figure out how to get on their feet. And they would trust God to lead them wherever they may need to go. The fool, they would just waste anything they had even if it was bountiful too much to be counted too much to be numbered not even that would last in the hands of a fool so verse 10 the lord says it was pleasing in the sight of me that solomon had asked for this thing god said to him because you have asked for this thing and not asked for yourself a long life nor have asked for discernment to understand justice, behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. What's interesting about God saying that, so that there has been no one like you before you. He knew Solomon was going to ask for a discerning heart. God doesn't ask questions he doesn't know he knows everything he knew what solomon would get was going to answer but he asked him anyway to test him to discern him and interpret him he didn't need to do that because he knew everything but that made it so there was a good story to tell and solomon knew he had been tested and proved by the lord himself you see, God could have just added to him a discerning heart and riches and a long life. And Solomon would have known that the God had searched him and known him and tested him and discerned and interpreted him. But by God asking him that question, even though he already knew the answer to it, it provided Solomon the awareness that he had come before the Lord and told him the one thing that he truly wanted and he had given it to him. Perhaps if the Lord hadn't come to Solomon in a dream, he would have accredited it to luck or happenstance or inheritance, or my people have been good to me, but not my God has been good to me. When the Lord came before him, asking him a question he already knew the answer to, he didn't need necessarily to interpret and discern Solomon's heart before him. He could have done that on his own. He doesn't need us. Instead, he went to him in a dream. So, let's see. Did I finish reading this? I believe I have one more 
40, one more two one more verse left i have also given you what you have not asked both riches and honor so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days so the lord looked at solomon and he said there will be none like you before you there will be none like you after you you are special to me right now and he knew that he alone could say that. He alone could interpret and discern that. The Lord said, if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. So there's another few stories I wanted to read. But before I move on, Ethan, what are your thoughts on that? That whole passage, how there's like such a teamship between discernment and interpretation. So I I really think that when when doing that when but when when there's a team like a I, I'm gonna call it a team up kinda when there's a team up of the the gifts um it's it can it's a really good thing because you can both discern and interpret um. Mm -hmm. And and like I was reading, interpretation is you are so if someone says something in a, a tongue, you can discern, you can interpret it. And, and discerning is like discerning of spirits. Um, if you hear someone say that, it's based on that gift. Um, discerning of spirits. So that's the telling of good and evil. Oh, and Lily's gone. Yeah, I'm sorry. My mom called me. Okay. Yeah, and thing back. Here we go. And so I, I think that it, it was really good. Um, and, and so yeah, yeah. Okay, let me just put my phone on do not disturb really quick because I keep on getting all these text messages. Ah, okay. Here I go. There we are. <laughs> okay. So it's interesting that you keep on speaking about tongues and. Just like thinking about how there's a hidden language that heaven speaks to us, whether it's through our own mouths or in our subconscious and our mind through dreams. And it's not just a prophecy. It's not just a tongue speaking. It's not just a language that we see or that we speak blindly. But God also gives interpretation. And he also gives discernment, which is application of, of interpretation. So you find the meaning of something, what do you do with it? How do yeah. you act on it? That's why we go, we put these two um, gifts together because you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. And what would prophecy and tongue speaking do without interpretation and discernment? Because I could receive the most mystical visions and be shown some of the greatest of heaven's secrets. But if I didn't know how to interpret that, if I couldn't discern that that truly was from the Lord, what would it be worth? Well, and yeah, like, I know. it's not just about tongues. And that was something that I was mm -hmm. just using tongues as an example. Yeah. Uh, and so it, you could do it as dreams or you could do it as prophecies because it's not just as tongues. Because when I was reading it, it never said anything about tongues. It said it's of it's well i mean it does it says of tongues is found as uh, along the gift of speaking in 
It's a supernatural ability to understand and explain messages. And so it it can be um of prof it could be a prophecy or a or of a or a dream. It I I feel it just doesn't have to be a tongue. Um Oh yeah. And speaking of dreams, guess what I want to talk about next? <laughs> Let me guess. Let's go Genesis testimonies. Testimonies. You're close. Nope. Genesis forty. <laughs> okay. Ooh, Genesis forty. That's a good verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good chapter in the life of Joseph. Okay. So if you guys will flip with me, I'm going to read from just, oh, Ashley 41. 40 has another dream that I actually nearly talked about. The dream of the cupbearer and the bread maker, I believe. Um, But instead, I wanted to talk about the dream of Pharaoh, which is even more interesting if you ask me. So Genesis 41, I'll be reading most of this chapter. Are you um, doing the start of one, the start of it or like the yeah, start of it okay. through to 15? And then I think I'll pick up again at about 25, just so you guys know. <laughs> so now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. So context behind this. Joseph is a Hebrew man who had been taken slavery to Egypt. He was a, he was betrayed by his brothers and taken in as a slave in a foreign land of Egypt. And um, he had interpreted two dreams of fellow prisoners who were the Pharaoh's cupbearers and bread maker, I believe. And they said, okay, okay, bro, we're going to go to Pharaoh. We're about to get released from prison. We're going to tell him about you. You're going to get freed. It's going to be amazing. We won't forget you. And then they forget him. And two years pass. And then this happens. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he was standing by the Nile. And lo, from the Nile, there came up seven cows, sleek and fat. They grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt. They stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now in the morning his spirit was troubled, so he sent and he called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told, told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh because, this isn't actually in the Bible, but we know it's true, because, you see, this dream that Pharaoh was receiving, these visions, it was from God. But the magicians and the wise men, they had obtained wisdom from the world from Satan. So, of course, they couldn't interpret heavenly things. They couldn't interpret messages from God. It was far above them. So, it goes on to say, Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there is no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. The chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Pharaoh was furious with his servants. He put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, both me and the chief baker. We had 
Okay, I was close. It wasn't the bread maker, it was the chief baker. <laughs> we had a dream on the same night, he and I. Finally, finally, um, the chief, one of the men that Joseph was in prison with, he's remembering him all of a sudden, two years later. And before I go on reading, I just want to talk about God's fruit doesn't spoil. When it is plucked from your tree, it does not rot. People may let sit there, sit there and sit there. People may forget they had taken fruit from your tree, thinking they were going to eat it and it would nourish them. And maybe people just walked away from it. Maybe someone picked a fruit from the tree of God, a fruit of the Spirit, some fruit of love or compassion or wisdom, some word of wisdom, some heavenly gift of fruit from the tree. And they just let it sit there. But here's the thing. It doesn't rot. It does not rot. So here you see one of the fellow prisoners, he had taken fruit from the tree of Joseph. He had taken fruit of the spirit from the tree. He had taken this interpretation fruit. And he had consumed it. And he had promised he would be more fruitful. And he would tell Pharaoh and he wouldn't forget him and he would not let him just sit and rot in prison because he had eaten the fruit and he wanted to produce fruit himself. But for a while he forgot them. But here's the thing, that fruit never rotted because he didn't forget him for good. Interpretation, dreams, wisdom, these visions, prophecy, all these things, they leave this legacy because they are done in love and love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there's uh, tongues, they will cease to be stirred. But love never fails. It leaves a legacy that you cannot forget for good. If you forget, you will be reminded of it. And fruit from one of God's, one of heaven's trees, it will not spoil. I'm sure that Joseph sat in his prison cell and maybe he thought, maybe he was attacked by thoughts of doubt that the fruit I just gave to my fellow brother and prisoner just rotted. He forgot about me. He forgot about the fruit I gave him and just let it spoil. That wasn't true though, because God reminded this captain of Pharaoh of what Joseph had done. He didn't let him forget it. He reminded him. He and his flesh forgot, but God reminded his spirit what had been done. So don't be discouraged. Maybe you feel like you've given so much and people take from you and they just forget what they've taken from you and it doesn't help anyone and it's all just meaningless. That's not true. I'll tell you a good example of this. We actually just filmed a prophetic episode on Rocky Mountain uh, Revival Radio. And Chris told me, Chris Como, a co-host, he told me about how a word I gave him a few months ago to read the book of Ephesians. And I also poured into his identity a bit through that book. He told me about how that impacted his life. You see, I thought maybe he had forgotten about that. I didn't realize he that impacted him. I thought maybe that was just like something I was called to say one night. I didn't really know where the fruit ended up, if it nourished him, if it helped him grow more fruit, if the seed from the fruit I gave him was replanted to form a tree that would grow more fruit. But it did. It did. Because God didn't let him forget that word. Even though I began to forget about it, 
and it grew. It grew abundantly. It didn't spoil. So I'm going to go back to reading now. <laughs> I want to, I felt led to add that on though, because I feel like often you work in ministry, you feel like your work is meaningless because they attacks you with those thoughts. It's just not true though. So you see one of the prisoners finally remembering Joseph. And he says that he and the fellow prisoner had a dream on the same night he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now a Hebrew youth was there with us, a servant of the captain captain of the bodyguard. We related the dreams to him. He interpreted our dreams for us. To each one he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. happened. Pharaoh restored me, like he said, in my office. But Pharaoh hanged the other man just like Joseph had seen in the dream that was to come. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, that was something that you would have to do before going before royalty. It is tradition and ceremonial. You would have to clean yourself. You can't just come before him in rags. So that's the context of that. He came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Now, I have had a dream, but no one can interpret it. I have heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 25. Um, the in-between verses is just Pharaoh reiterating the dream to Joseph. So this we've already heard. Now Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven thin ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoke to Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great abundance are coming in all the land of Egypt, and after them, seven years of famine will come and all the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine will ravage the land. So the abundance will be unknown in the land. Because of that subsequent famine for it, it will be very severe. Now as for the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice, it means that the matter is determined by God and God will quickly bring it about because that was a God-given dream that only a godly man could interpret. Now, Pharaoh, look for a man, discerning and wise, discerning and wise. He received an interpretation, but what do you do with it? How do you act upon it? What do you say to the people? How do you guide your governors and officials and your citizens that have been in your land for years and years? You must look for a man that's discerning and wise. I gave you the interpretation. I told you what's about to happen, but you need to know what to do. You need to lead. Yeah. You need someone who can lead. Someone who not only knows what to do, but can act the greatest possible path that will bring us through all this trouble and turmoil that is about to go down in the next 14 years. Now, let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise. Set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority. Let them guard it. 
Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish during the during the famine. Now the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. And if you read on a little bit more, you'll see that Pharaoh appointed Joseph. So Joseph interpreted the meaning of the dream, and then he discerned what you must do with it. Yeah. The interpretation was the unveiling of this metaphor in the picture itself. Imagine if Pharaoh had received that dream and vision, that prophecy, and he had not known what to do with it. He has shrugged it off. It's an annual dream. There is something that stirred in his spirit. He couldn't let it go. He couldn't go back to sleep. And when he went back to sleep, it came to him again in a different form. It was just as troubling, if not more troubling than before. So he sought out wisdom. He sought out interpretation. He knew he needed it. His soul needed it. If not the entire land of Egypt, he knew he needed to know. He didn't know what that meant for his country. He didn't know what that meant for his citizens, his people. But he knew it troubled his soul. So he sought that interpretation. The interpretation was the embelling of the metaphor and pictures itself. It goes back to what we said before about prophecy and tongues. I could receive the greatest secrets of heaven. I could speak the most beautiful things in a heavenly language. But if there's not an interpretation and discernment, what would that even mean? Because I wouldn't understand it. I can understand that on my own. We must have this knowledge for the purpose of edifying the church and the saints. Like it says all throughout the New Testament. I'm not even going to reference the verse. Just open to a random page. You'll probably see for the purpose of edifying the church and the saints. It's all throughout the New Testament, especially Romans. So discernment was the action in which Joseph saw clearly what was the most wise and helpful path. So he didn't just say, this is what your vision means. He says, this is what you need to do. You need to store up a fifth of all the produce that you're about to receive in the years of plenty. And you need to ration it. You need to store it up in silos so that the wind doesn't tear it down. And you need to form irrigation systems to store up water because there's going to be a drought. There's going to be water. If you, that's not something that's said in this passage. But if you look back in the history of Egypt, it does talk about droughts with the famine so water supply was certainly affected and they had yeah. to perform irrigation tests anyways he told them what to do that was discernment okay you received interpretation you know what it means what you do with it how do you communicate it to pharaoh how do you communicate it to his people joseph mentally separated the good path of rationing of saving a people like it says in genesis 50 from every other option he may have had he could have said well enjoy the good years while it lasts he could have said that your doom is coming but you're gonna have a good time before that he could have just given him some worthless advice that would have caused them all to die of severe dehydration and starvation in the end but instead he said what to do. You see, those mag those magicians, those wise men, they would have spoken out their fleshly wisdom, like, you'll be blessed for a short time. It'll all be strict for you, but just enjoy it while it's there. 
just enjoy it while luck's added on to you, while you're fortunate. All these happenstances and coincidences come together, work for your good. Maybe your horoscope says you're going to be prosperous for a few years, and then all of a sudden you're screwed. But instead, instead, he used this interpretation to actually give give Pharaoh and the entire country of Egypt good advice, good advice that would save their lives. Discernment enabled him to communicate clearly and do what was needed to be done. And that was the entire purpose of Joseph. I'm going to find this one verse, Genesis 50. And eventually in the story, Joseph looks his family that betrayed him in the eye, his family that sent him to Egypt. And he says this to them, As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Joseph knew that when he discerned and interpreted back when he was young, that was his entire life's purpose summed up to lead that people to save them. And though it was such a rough path to, <clears throat> to get him to that place, he had to go through prison. He had to go through false accusations. He had to go through complete and utter heart-wrenching betrayal, but he didn't lose God. And God poured into him and poured into him throughout all the barrenness and desolation, discernment and interpretation and wisdom and understanding and the ability to communicate heavenly things to those who do not know this heavenly God. And that is exactly what Joseph did. Discernment and interpretation saved an entire people group. Maybe I sense that there's someone watching this and you're thinking, I'm not a prophet. I don't receive these stunning and powerful dreams and visions. I don't receive words from the Lord, but you interpret and you discern, yet you don't see the significance of that because you think it's only prophets that get the real words from God or the real visions. Here's the thing, you hear from the Lord too. You have to in order to interpret something that was said by the Lord, you have to hear from the Lord. You have to hear from him very clearly and be able to communicate. Yeah. Not all prophets have that ability. We prophets need you. Yeah. The church needs you. The interpret the um interpreters and the um discerners, like we're all called to discern and interpret to some degree, but there's some who are actively gifted in it. And that's who I'm talking yeah. to right now. You are like the islands that help the prophets see clearly. You know, we see all these fuzzy shapes and we know, oh, there's a computer before me and there's a cup full of pins and there's a phone. I can see all the shapes, but it's also very fuzzy. But we put on these lenses and all of a sudden it's so clear to us. We can interpret, oh, this is a neat pen and oh, these are a pair of scissors. Oh, I see clearly now. I understand it. It communicates to us differently. And we prophets work with you interpreters. We're like best buds, our gifts are. Yeah. And like it says in one of the definitions, the church needs those with the gifts. We we need discern discerners and interpreters. And, and like Lily said, um and prophets and and interpreters work hand in hand. We're best yeah. friends because 
we we go to each other when we need help so yeah. we're like we're hand in hand one mm-hmm. like we can't really do stuff without each other like we kind of work hand in hand um yeah and, and so prophets we we need each other and so we're, oh, yeah. we go hand in hand with each other and so yeah yep and then discerners what would me what would prophets and interpreters be without you okay we know what god said we know what it means what do we do what do we say where do we go we need discerners yeah oh my goodness do we need discerners yeah so it's kind of like prophets so prophets have the dream they have the vision interpreters they they're like here's what your dream means here's what your vision means there you go here's Mm -hmm. here's what it means blah 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 there you go um (laughs) Like if you see a waterfall, it'll be like, and an interpreter will be like, "Here's what the waterfall means," and and then the discerner, I guess, yeah, that works. He'll be the interpreter will at will like we all need each other. The prophet will have the dream. The interpreter will dis interpret the dream and then the discerner will be like here's what we need to do here's the game plan here's our course of action and he'll kind of guide everyone um and so yeah co-host lady yay she's back yes, I'm back hi oh but you're sideways yes how uh, my phone's doing that thing again i am back <laughs> But so, yeah, we all need each other, and we we all kind of go hand in hand. We're all kind of best buds, because, like, it, it's like really like a smooth thing. Prophets have the dreams, Inter- interpreters do the interpreting, discerners do the in- discerning. Discernment? Both work. Both work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, we all kind of work together to to do things, and we all kind of work together to to do what God wants us to do. And so we all kind of work hand in hand with each other. Um, And so uh, prophets need interpreters and interpreters need prophet. Well, they don't really need prophets, but we, we all, you, we can all be, be working together and we can all be in hand in hand. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, back to you, Lily. Well, I have, I really wanted to use a New Testament scripture that had these uh, gifts in them. Um, Genesis 41 was just the most perfect scripture. But I also wanted to show an example of what this looked like in the early church. Because, of course, we still have these gifts today. And this is one of the latest scriptural examples of when discernment and interpretation is used. So... If you will flip your Bibles to uh, Acts 5, that's where I'm going to be reading from. And maybe we got some biblical scholar listening and they're like, oh no, Acts 5. Is she about to talk about Ananias and Sapphira? That's right, I am. So let's read this. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. It says, a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price for himself. With his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. 
But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? Peter somehow saw right through this. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? After it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. Great fear come, came over all who heard of this occurrence. The young man, the young men got up and covered him. After carrying him out, they buried him. Now there elapsed an interval of about three hours, and his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter responded to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. She said, Yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, Why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the fee of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. Oh, dang. Peter just kind of went mafia on this woman. Phew. Okay. The young men came in and found her dead. Oh, wait. I skipped an important part. Immediately fell at his feet and breathed her last. Okay. Peter didn't like pull out a sword or something. The fear of the Lord came upon her and it killed this woman. The shock of this just made her collapse. Peter did not kill her. That was not a good portion of scripture to skip. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you kind of skipped like everyone was like, what? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. But before you, before you continue really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so when here, back a little bit. Uh, so when Peter is talking with Anias. If I'm saying mm -hmm. that correctly. Yeah. He says, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart? He, that was discernment. Oh, yeah. Because if it, it says the gift of discernment is the is the distinguishment between the influence of God, Satan, the world and the flesh in a given situation, mm -hmm. statement or person or environment. So, Peter was discerning that Ananias was filled with Satan, and Satan filled his heart, and so, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I'm sorry, did I skip that scripture? No, I was just okay. going, you I did say it, was really I did, <laughs> you did say it, I just wanted to go back yeah. onto it and be like, that's here's, yeah. here's what he did, and here's mm -hmm. what, why that fits with our gifts. Yeah. Like you kind of did it. So I thought I would. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you placed emphasis on that. Yeah. And it says a great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard. So like Ethan said, Peter mentally and spiritually separated Ananias and Sapphira from the true members of the church like weeds among the wheat. The interpretation came about with this word of wisdom. He could have only received from God. Peter only could have received this revelation from God because there is no way he himself could have known that Ananias was withholding from the church and thus with thus from God. There is no way that Satan could have revealed this secret sin to him because why would Satan or some demonic entity tell Peter of what he would want to remain in the darkness? Yeah. 
though only God could have given him this ability to discern between his spirit and the spirit of Satan. Then Peter used that gift of discernment or uh, that gift of interpretation. I'm sorry, <laughs> that gift of interpretation so that he may act upon the discern, act upon it in righteousness. Peter interpreted those veiled intentions of the heart with Ananias and Sapphira. And then through discernment, he communicated. He brought down the power of the Lord. And the Lord came down and he struck Ananias and Sapphira down in judgment. Peter used discernment to say, why would you lie not just to men, but to God? Why would you withhold from the Lord? What do you have to spend this money on? Why would you not just say the truth? Why would you? Why must you make yourself look so much more charitable than you really are? You're withholding what you say is all you have to give. It's not true. It's yeah. not true. He used that discernment to practice the ability to communicate and thus the ability to enact judgment, to be a vessel of God's judgment for Ananias and Sapphira both. You see, it wasn't Peter who said that um, these young men buried your husband or at the door. They will carry you out as well. It wasn't Peter who said that, but God threw him because that is not a judgment. That is not a um, punishment that a mere person could enact. That has to be a supernaturally enabled person, a blessed person. I know um, Michael Paris, another co-host on Rocky Mountain Revival Radio, has talked about how God calls you blessed and superhuman is really what that word means in the Greek language. Well, this judgment that Peter enacted is something that only a blessed person could do. No mere human could do what he just did, but just a person enabled by God. That's how it happens. And great fear came over the whole church and over all those who heard of these things. Not fear of Peter, fear of the Lord. Not fear of man and judgment and death even, but just fear of the Lord. This is how powerful and awesome he is that he sees through on these vain virtues, or not real virtues, but these vain posing as virtues. Yeah. And he sees through to the intentions of the heart, and he sees through all these decorations and embellishments right to the sheer truth of the matter. So there's another example, a really serious example of how interpretation and discernment is used. Peter interpreted the spirit within these people. He interpreted what was really going on. And then he discerned how to communicate this to them. And then he discerned on what to do with this information. Because it's not like when Peter said, why would you do this? They just were like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You're right. There was blasphemy. That is why this judgment came upon them. There was blasphemy against God. They were lying not to man, but to God and lying against the entire spirit of the Lord. So 
that is why that judgment was enacted. And though it is very harsh, it may seem, it's truly simply fair. And um, only by God-given discernment and interpretation can we go to the head of our country and interpret his troubling dreams. Imagine standing before such a strong and mighty and wealthy man and him seeking you for counsel. Him seeking your God for counsel. Yeah. Imagine looking at your country and not knowing how to serve it and then seeking your God for counsel. What to do? What does this mean? And then these people who say they are servants of yours and servants of your God lie to you and you go to God. What does this mean? How do I discern this? What do I do and what do I say? This is what you do and say. You do and say what God shows you and tells you to do. It's as simple as that. That's what every gift of the Spirit really is. The, yeah. the gift of prophecy. It's just you seeing what God sees. Spirit of evangelism is just going where God would, where God is. And the spirit of teaching is just saying what God says, what he said first. The spirit of interpretation is just saying what God means by what he says. Spirit of discernment is just saying, it's just doing what God would do and saying what God would say. I don't know if you guys have one of those, what would Jesus do bracelets? I do. I actually have one on. What would Jesus do? I don't know. Use the spirit of discernment and interpretation. <laughs> And so there yeah there you're you're right um these these gifts they all work for what god if you ask what would god do with this gift what would he want me to do use use gifts use your gifts use interpretation and and discernment use those gifts and use use them to do do what they what they require you to do um and 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 if you don't know what that is ask god um ask god what do you want me to do with this gift was my gift mean or or you could listen to the definitions um and so but yeah um, so do we want to go into our ne the next part of our show? Ethan, so do you have like a testimony about discernment or, uh, or both? Because they so, coincide a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, my, I'm going to go with interpretation. Um, mm -hmm. so interpretation. Um, I got this gift from co-host Michael Paris of rmrr or rocky mountain revival radio um so i believe this was when we were shooting our first like all all together so both waymaker ministries and rmrr that first ever show that we all did together as an oh, umbrella right. um we were getting ready all me my dad and michael we were getting ready before we were on the call and so I we were talking about it and I was like cuz we were also talking about the start of this show 
uh well this series and so uh the this series and so and i was like because i was going through the gifts and i was like the only like i have some of these gifts but i would like interpretation i would like some of these gifts and michael was like you don't have interpretation and i was like no i don't have interpretation and he was like mm -hmm. Do you want interpretation? And I was like, yeah. And so he yeah. led me. He led me through the prayer, and I'm pretty sure Lily, you have done that prayer a few times as well. Um, prayer of impartation. <laughs> yeah, the prayer of impartation. And so you may actually have to do that this time too. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and so we we were going through it, and he st he was like, I want you to try and discern. Uh, not discerning interpret my wow um <laughs> interpret this and so he started speaking in tongues and i as soon as he finished it he did it one more time and i i got it mm -hmm. and so i used interpretation to do what interpretation is because the gift of interpretation is that it's the interpretation of tongues um and it is and it's found alongside the gift of speaking in tongues. Um, and so it's the ability to understand supernatural me messages and explain it to the people who need to need explaining. So if God's like, you know what, go talk to go talk to Michael about what he just said. That's what I did. Or if uh, or if like Lily, say Lily was speaking in tongues right now. I, I could be, if God wanted me to, I could be like, hey, Lily, here's what you just said. There you go. Yeah. English translation. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's really that go, he gave me, sorry, I'm finishing a cough drop. Um, he, was, <laughs> he was finishing. Uh, wow. Not finishing. <laughs> he gave me a gift of interpretation, and I used it to interpret. And I have now since been using it. Um, mm -hmm. I've used it to interpret dreams I've had, because I've learned that you can do it by yourself somehow. Um, and I've done it to interpret dreams I've had. Um, and so you can use it at, to interpret tongues. So if you get the gift, try it out. Um, mm -hmm. And so Michael straight up said, I want you to interpret this. <laughs> and before he was like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And so he was like, he prayed with me. And then he was like, I want you to interpret this. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> And after like the second or third time of doing it, I, as soon as he finished that second or third time, I was able to, to yeah, yeah, I was able to speak it back to him, um, yeah. and not in tongues in American English. In English. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, but so yeah, we were able to do it, and so I I did it clearly. I did it, um, like. And I was surprised the first time I did it. I was like, "What? Where did that come from?" Because like <laughs> it was it, like it literally came out of nowhere. Like he he said it, and then I spoke it. Yeah, that's if amazing. That makes sense. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Like he spoke yeah. it, and then I got the translation, and then I spoke yeah. it. Yeah, it was just yeah. like translation, really. Yeah, and so and, and discernment. 
discernment, discernment. Oh! Okay, actually, I do have one of discernment. So, um, there's been a couple. Um, I won't, like, name names, but, uh, there are some people that, uh, when, when I've met, when I've been, like, around them, I can be, like, that person is, like, is not really, like, oh, yeah, filled with God? I think that the secular parallel term for discernment is sixth sense, which Thank really you. true. Like, that is a rather demonic term. But if you've heard that term, um, it's like Satan's counterpart to discernment. Yeah. Um, and so, but, um, so I was, like, I've been around these people, and I've been able to be like, I, they kind of have like this feel to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's not an aura. It's not a vibe. It is the Holy Spirit alerting your senses to what is going on in someone else's heart that enables you to feel that maybe that uh, resistant feeling. Thank you. That I need to like pull away from these people. I, yeah. I can be their friend, but I, don't know how well I can trust them because I can sense this. And you judge from the spirit of discernment, not the spirit of suspicion. I want to make that very clear. Um, to yeah, me thank people, you. The spirit of suspicion, like, well, I don't know. That just looks a little icky. That person said this. Um, that person was gossiping. And that's not necessarily discernment. Discernment is really the Holy Spirit communicating to your senses on um, what to say, what to do. And discerning of spirits is you can literally feel good and evil in another person, in an environment where you are. And you can just uh, really decide on how to behave in such an environment around such a person because you had that discernment of spirits. You can act in the gifting of yeah. discernment. So, yeah. so thank you for helping me with say that. Um, mm -hmm. But so, yeah, like I was, I've been around these people and God's been like, uh, uh, yeah, that like, and sometimes like, it's not really even like a God points it out. It's kind of like a highlight. So like mm -hmm. God like highlights the person. Instead of like oh. point, instead of God saying like this, per like I won't just using this name, uh, like Rebecca, just a random name. Um, she, she's not, she, she's had, she has like this, like this non Christian thing about her. She has this satanic kind of thing with her. And I've, we've done uh we me my me my dad and the paris family no not the paris family the phillips family wow oh, the yeah. phillips family were out to lunch um one time and and one of the the waiter one of the waiters at the restaurant she kept walking back and forth and so she was highlighted um she was highlighted and so she, there was not like really good stuff with her. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, and so what about you? Okay. So 
I also have some stories for discernment and interpretation as well. Yay! <laughs> Let's see. So interpretation, I once I started to realize that I had the gift of prophecy, um, that is when I also realized, oh, I have the gift of interpretation as well. Um, these are just things that God has been working in me throughout my whole life before I loved him, before I knew him. And he must have known that I would ne really need these things in my life because, my goodness, I really have. So um, most of you guys have probably heard my testimony. If you're a loyal listener, um, when I was 15, I was not in a good place with my faith. Um, I had led in many idols and they had just wrecked my house, you know? They had just wrecked my heart. That's the metaphor for house. Um, secular music, lust, objection, uh, self-image, vanity, um, demons of different mental illnesses, anxiety, depression, social anxiety, <laughs> uh, just, just about everything. And um, what happened was God showed me many visions of what I was doing and some of the things I was doing to myself and laying into myself willingly. And he showed me the consequences those things were taking on my soul. He told me about how um, cursing will only come back and curse me if I don't repent of it. He showed me about how some of these things I'm just breathing in. They're so in my environment. I have so been encumbered by all these things. That is as though I'm breathing it in. And he showed me about how they would only make my lungs turn black and toil up completely dead if I don't start breathing in his oxygen. And he showed me all these things. I didn't know what they meant, though, because these things were visual metaphors. It's not as plainly as what I'm telling you right now. So I went to my father, who is a very wise man of God, and I told him about what I was seeing and even more troubling things than what I just mentioned on here, but it's just too much to get into. He gave me the meaning. And often he'd tell me, Lily, I'm not condemning you, but I want what's best for you. And it's very clear that this is not it. And that is what God is telling you. And just about every vision, it related to something that is going on in my life. And I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what to do with it. Those were secrets of heaven of my own heart that I couldn't even see clearly. But the lenses of interpretation came upon me and all those fuzzy objects set in front of me became clear and sharp cut items and figures. Um, God used me and revealed to me the prophecies, these visions. But God used my dad to show me what they meant. And God spoke to me and confirmed it with my father on what to do with that information. You need to stop doing that. You need to cut that out of your life. That is only causing your lungs to wrinkle up and to die. You are so young. Why would your lungs wrinkle up like that? It's not time. 
And if you are in God, that time will never come because your lungs will stay forever young and they will never die. And he showed me and God showed me what to do with all this information. So there's that trinity kind of thing of prophecy interpretation and discernment but i have another example really of just it's primarily discernment so this story also occurred when i was 15 it was about a month after my 15th birthday um back in october of uh, a couple years ago and um what happened was i had just taken my midterms i was in homeschool at the time so I had taken my midterms and I turned them, turned everything in as late as I possibly could and have been working all day for 14 hours straight without a break because these things were very extensive and the tests lasted a few hours, each one of them. And they were all given and required to be turned in on the same day. So by the end of the day, I was mentally exhausted, but I also just felt like I need to go on a walk. And um, I was living in a hotel at the time, and one of my parents, who I was also living with, wasn't there. Um, she was away, and um, I was completely by myself in the city without really anyone I knew anywhere close to me. Uh, the closest relative would have been about two hours' drive away. So um, looking back, this was a very stupid decision, but I decided to go on a walk. And it was at the end of the day, after I had turned in all my midterms and everything was done, about 1 a.m. And all of a sudden I hear God tell me, put on a sweater, you'll need to blend in. And I was really surprised because I hadn't heard God's voice in a while. I wasn't in a strong place with my faith, but I recognized His voice and I listened to Him. Um, and I put on this cardigan that had a big hood and I went out for a walk and I went walking down the street and our hotel was right by downtown in this small town we were staying in and I'm crossing the street going down this one road and there's a car parallel park perpendicular to the crosswalk and all of a sudden I think it's parked it's 1 a.m there's no one in that car and the windows are completely shaded and it turns on its headlights and it guns, puts the pedal to the metal and swerves to hit me. And I run across that crosswalk and I'm like, why did that car just try to hit me? But I don't look back. And I hear God say, hide behind this inlet of the bank. And I was standing right next to a bank. And I find where God was talking about. He has showed me in a vision, this scene of where he wanted me to hide. And it's very close to where I was. So I hide right there, go like 10 feet down the line and hide in this little inlet. And I put my hood up. God was right. I did need to blend in. And I am like back against the wall, could not be any closer, um, trying to hide. And all of a sudden I see this man's car ease up next to me. He turned on the road that I was going down. And I see him looking all around. And he just about makes eye contact with me. I'm convinced there was some angel enshrouding me that was keeping me safe. And I'm trying to hear from God. I'm like, Lord, what do I do? 
I didn't, I don't think I had my phone at the time. Um, if I did, no one would have answered because it was 1 a.m. So it wasn't much use. I'm like, God, what do I do? What do I do? I can only follow God right now. I can only pray. And he says, stay here for one minute. And eventually the car races forward and turns down the side street that's right beside where that's right perpendicular to the street I was on now. And he goes up and down that street and he's searching all around. And I'm like, God, what do I do? How is he not seeing me already? I know by the spirit of discernment that this man has a spirit of Satan upon him and only wants to harm me. I don't know. I didn't know what he was going to do, but I knew that much. It was pretty clear. And then I hear the engine roll off very quietly. And I hear God say, now go forward to the street that he was just on. I'm like, God, why would I go? I don't have time to say, why would I go forward to the street I was just on? Because, you know, it's not like I'm all seeing and I'm all knowing. Only God is. So I might as well just listen to him, even though it didn't make sense. So I go to the street he was on and I'm inching my way down the sidewalks, trying to stay against the buildings and stay hidden. And the car goes past me. Right before it does, go, though, God tells me to go to another side street. So as soon as I get on this side street, the car goes past me and I miss it. And I'm like, God, do I stay or do I go? Do I hide here? I was right beside a dark alley. Do I hide in there? Or do I race home? And he says, run right now, right now. So I run home. And it was by the spirit of discernment and interpretation that saved me that night. That night I had a dream of what would have happened if I had not listened to God. And if that man had kidnapped me. Um and let's just say I wouldn't be speaking here right now. It would have been detrimental to my entire life. So I interpreted the spirits. I interpreted that's God talking to me. I discerned that's God talking to me. I interpreted that's the spirit of sand on that man. And then God told me what to do and where to go and what to say. And I was able to. So it is by the sphere of interpretation, um, discernment that saved my life that night. So, yeah. <laughs> Ethan, have any more thoughts before we just close out? Um, I don't think I have any more thoughts, but um, I, I'm just kind of laughing because I, I was thinking in my head as you were saying, inter in uh, as you were finishing your thought, and I was like, discernment and interpretation, the gifts that we're talking about today. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was why I was thinking that. It's like grand finale discernment and interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> um but thank you. Uh I don't think I have any final thoughts, so thank yeah. you for sticking <laughs> with us today. In, in our final point today, we would like to ask you, well I would like to ask you, if you <laughs> want to know about your spiritual gifts what your spiritual gifts are. And if you don't, do you want to find out what your spiritual gifts might be? If so, I found some tests that could help you explore your spiritual gifting. 
links to the following gifts will be in the show description down below. And so, uh, they are Lifeway, uh, Christian Resources, Spiritual Gift Survey, Spiritual Gifts Test, and the last one is Team Ministry Spiritual Gifts Survey. All of these sites have a test that you can take and then, and then, yeah, and then they provide you with an, with easy to understand results. Put that over there. Um, any final thoughts? Not really. Let's just, um, I do want to impart these gifts in prayer though before we close off yeah uh so let's do that for closing well we'll do two closing prayers we'll do that yeah do you want to do both discernment and interpretation or yeah want to take just one on like to close us out in a salvation prayer ethan huh and would you like to yeah uh, lead us through a salvation prayer Yeah. yeah cool okay uh should i go first yeah okay well when you receive something, I just ask you guys, drop everything in your hands. Drop any old thing in your heart to receive this new thing. Um, you can bow your heads and close your eyes if you'd like. Just fold your hands out with me. Pray with me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. If you are willing to give, if you're willing to give, I ask you for the gifts. I ask you for the gifts of interpretation and discernment of interpretation and discernment interpretation so that i may see interpretation so that i may see the unveiling of heaven the unveiling of heaven let me understand your secrets let me understand your secrets let me know their meaning let me know their meaning in god for the gift of discernment in god for the gift of discernment allow me to act and to speak allow me to act and speak under your influence alone. Under your influence alone. No other. No other. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Make my heart receptive for you. Make my heart receptive for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that prayer, Lily. Yeah. We never want to end. People are receiving that, right? Yeah. Or not now, but as they're watching this. Yeah. And that's really sweet. We never want to end a show without giving you the opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a personal relationship with him, you can. It's not too late. And if today is that day you, that you want to get right with God, we're all going to pray this prayer with you. So Lily, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want to repeat after me, you can. I will. Please repeat after me. Say, dear God, dear Lord, I know that I've sinned. I know I've sinned, but I believe. But I believe that Jesus died in my place. That Jesus died in my place. And God, and God, you raised him from the dead. You raised him from the dead. So Jesus, so Jesus, I confess. I confess that you are Lord. That you are Lord. Please be Lord of my life. Please be Lord in my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. 
and give me the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now that you've said that simple prayer, we believe that you were born again. We would love to share in you with wow share in this with you <laughs> wow um you can write us at choice at waymaker.rmrr.live and we would love and we would be happy to celebrate with you and welcome you into the family and to keep you on track with your decision and to combat the enemy we would we would recommend to that the next step after that is to get yourself into a good bible believing bible teaching holy spirit led church and before we do all the housekeeping and stuff um i forgot one of the commercials and it is for destiny music destiny oh yeah church worship How we forget um, and so that is those are the that is the worship team that does uh doing a new thing which we do for the commercials and then they'll do more songs at the end um and so thank you for destiny wow to destiny for letting us use their amazing songs so mm -hmm. thank you guys so much so thank you guys for joining us today and as a reminder if you like this sh today's show and the show's content we encourage you to share it with your fam friends family loved ones co-workers etc because sharing is caring why why because, because sharing, sharing is caring <laughs> and remember check out waymaker.rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show Please like and subscribe to the show's YouTube page. Podcasts of the show are available on all your favorite podcast providers. Please check out the show archive page on the Waymaker website for a listing of which podcast providers you can find us on. Follow us on Facebook and the show's site for all the, for all the latest updates and information. If you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us there are links to do so on on the website down below in the show description and for those watching on your screens somewhere here they'll probably be next to lily that way um so um they'll be somewhere under her um so uh, all donations go to hosting fees software equipment and wherever the holy spirit directs us to go well, to deliver, to give. Wow. To give. To give. Thank you. And remember, get yourself to get yourself into a good Bible believing, Bible teaching, and Holy Spirit led church. Plug into groups and dis and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. Thank you again for joining us and be blessed. Thank you for listening to Waymaker Ministries. Have a blessed day.